but we're all guilty of walking. Oh, for sure. And texting. For sure. It, it is a universal problem. Mm-hmm. It knows no, mm-hmm. it, it knows no <laughs> class, no social structure. If you're out there and you're the girl that walked into the pool, you handled yourself amazingly. Yeah, shout out to you. You shout are a to you. human element Not star. Not trying to spill the tea, but there got, you go. it's got to be told. So that is our public service announcement from the human <laughs> element. You're welcome. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Human Element Karis Podcast on Modern Marketing. We are so excited to have Sarah Yost here, who's the head of North American Sales for Twitch. Did I get the title right? Yes, oh, yes, yes. It's like I can relax now. <laughs> just lay down and be done. Can we start with the story you just told me? Because this is magnificent. You observed a fascinating moment at CES. Yes, uh, it was a warning to us all. <laughs> it was. It's literally a public service. We are all guilty of doing this yes, at CES. for sure. On Monday night, I was at a very big party. And I was standing next to the pool. I watched a woman texting and walking, and she walked into the pool, and she was fully submerged in really a beautiful outfit, tall boots, Mm. dress, the whole nine yards. She was underwater. (laughs) And I I thought she handled herself very well. She got right out. Right out. She said, I admit I was texting and walking. That's crazy. (laughs) Is is there makeup on my face? I said, yes. So what should I do? I said, you have to, you have, you have to, to leave. leave. <laughs> You've got to go out the back. We're going to help you. We're g- we're here to help. We're here, we're to, here help. to help. And you know, so I So you and your superheroes sprang into action. Yeah. And- the security team was pretty incredible. You know, one of, one of the guys on my team said, you should just get a bag of rice for your phone. And I said, no, I, your phone's on the bottom of the pool. Still, yeah. I don't think the rice is going to help this no, time. I, I, there's not enough rice for that to work. My daughter is 16. She is obviously knee deep in the phone at all times. Yes. It is her soul. And she walked right into a street pole, like a signpost, head first, right on the forehead. Fast forward, she walks in the house. She has a massive bump on her. I mean, it was gigantic. It was like she was yeah. a unicorn. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What happened to you? She's like, oh, I walked into a pole. I'm like, sweetie, you know, is this bleeding inside? Like, are you hemorrhaging? Like, what on earth have you done? So, yes, it's a cautionary tale to all of us. It is. We need to stop. It is. It's the teens. It's the adults. It's everyone. Let's dive in. So you work at an organization that is fascinating to me for a number of reasons. One, because it's, it's a space that I am not a part of. I have never really been a gamer, save, you know, maybe the game Adventure in 1982 on Atari. So it is not my normal orientation, but I spent a little bit of time in around the platform and it's deeply fascinating to me. Like it's a little addictive to to watch. And yes. I don't know any, I don't understand anything that's being said. Tell me a little bit about your journey to this role mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of go from there. Sounds great. So I grew up in this industry in cable, mm. started at A&E and History Channel worked there for a long time and then joined Viacom to be part of the Spike TV launch team. Mm. And so that was actually my first foray into gaming. I worked on the launch of SpikeTV.com, which eventually became Spike.com. And we had a couple of partner sites, Game Trailers and X-Fire. You remember those uh, (laughs) from about 12 years ago, I guess it was. So I became fascinated by gaming back then. And it's so incredible because when I returned to it seven months ago when I joined Twitch, I thought, wow, everything must have changed because technology has changed so much. A lot of the people are the same. We're still talking about gamers as if they're this other breed of humans. And that's just not true. It's we're we're myth busting in the same way that we were all those years ago. That's pretty interesting. But what I'm fascinated by is how 
professionalized the whole industry has become. And mm. the, I would say the main word is opportunity, you know, for gamers themselves, but mm. also for brands and for business in general to see what's happening in esports has been incredible. So it's sort of like a return to gaming for me. I joined six months ago about. Mm. I report to Walker Jacobs. He's our global CRO, known him for a long time. And it's it's great to be part of his team and building a team that's I think going to be really in this major acceleration phase right now. You touched on something there that I think is still true, particularly for the uneducated, which I am a part. And that is this idea that somehow this audience is the other, yes. right? That they aren't us, they are the other. And that's not true. No, 67% of people over the age of 13 play an hour of games every single day, which is wild. So gamers are everyone. It's not like we're checking the box on, you know, a gaming strategy, millennial strategy, yeah. Gen Z strategy. This is everyone. Yep. Gaming is entertainment. And if you look at your kids' behaviorals, you, you know, yep. it, it's obvious. They they view their entertainment time, their screen time. It's the same to them. Yep. Yeah. What is sort of so unique about your audience? You know, it's interesting because I start almost every conversation the way we just started, mm -hmm. you know. There is a mystery to a lot of, you know, folks that are Gen X and above about you know, what is Twitch? I get asked the question all the time. Are we talking about people watching other people play video games? <laughs> and I said, you know, yeah, I say, yes, yes we are. Yeah. We're talking about that, but we're talking about so much more. It's a very young and engaged audience. So yeah. when you think about, I think just from a audience standpoint, you're a marketer and you're thinking about where do I reach adults 18 to 34? It's on Twitch. Yeah. You know, they're spending an average of 28 minutes per session and three sessions per day. So that's 90 minutes a day that they're spending with us yeah. in an in a environment where prior to this role, I was at a company called Mike and I was mm. doing a lot of purpose-driven marketing. And I thought, wow, I'm really going to something that's the opposite. I was selling branded content and helping brands tell purpose-driven narratives. I'm going to the opposite job. That's 100% untrue. When I joined Twitch, I was looking for that sort of emotional connection for myself. Mm. And I found it on day one in what Twitch is, which is a community. I didn't realize the depth of community that Twitch is. Mm. And I think our recent consumer campaign, our most, our first ever, the tagline, Twitch, you're already one of us, mm. that says it all. Sure. I mean, it's a place where people find their people. And for many of them, it's watching them play games. But, yep. you know, we're seeing other content genres pop like crazy on Twitch, whether it's just vlogging or, you know, I think 5G will really help that. Mm -hmm. Or it could be arts. We see people knitting. We see people painting. We see people doing fitness. So it's exciting to see it morph like that. There have been some presidential campaigns that have sort of jumped in a little bit and participated with the platform. That's and right. I was looking at some political stuff this morning, actually, in one of the uh, forums or areas. Mm -hmm. And how did that come about and what has been sort of the reaction to that sort of event? We think so critically about this, actually. We do not accept political advertising yep. on the platform. So that's I'll, I'll say that right away. And that's a very specific choice. Yep. I think when you're running advertising within someone's stream, you can't have political ads there. Mm. There's a correlation between the streamer and the ad. Our ads actually say this ad is supporting the streamer. Yep. But it is fascinating to me to see Bernie and to see Trump yep. on the platform. And they're essentially using it for the fact that it's live. Yeah. And they can have that sort of live and in the moment experience with an audience. Their strategy in your mind is a sort of timely news-based get to an audience quickly kind of thing. Definitely. And I think they have to recognize this young audience. It's a 75%, yep. 18 to 34 75% male audience. Yep. 
Well, that's the Bernie and Trump audience. Yes. <laughs> in, the, in some ways. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that manifests itself with, with other candidates. I, I thought it was fascinating when Bernie did that. And we'll kind of see how that how that progresses. My prediction is there'll be some more folks joining. The uh, yeah. You know, if if marketing is, you know, a whole bunch of copying as the sincerest form of flattery, mm-hmm. presidential campaign marketing is that on steroids. There is no idea that it is not immediately replicated and, and taken right. as your own. What are sort of the biggest shifts in the landscape that brands have to be aware of in your space? You know, I think the biggest shift is, I'll go back to the word opportunity. Yeah. So from a business perspective, the opportunity for investment and the opportunity for sort of the professionalization of esports, the growth of esports, it's creating opportunities for everyone, but it's hopefully also legitimizing esports in a more sort of, I guess the word would be like broad sense that, mm. you know, everyone can understand. And I remember looking at esports over the years and thinking this is really hard for me to understand Yeah, because I wasn't personally connecting with it. I spent a little time at the headquarters for Team Liquid in mm. LA and I was completely blown away by, you know, how incredible the facility was and just the level of people that were surrounding the endeavor. So I think that's going to be helpful for us at Twitch and for brands when they see, you know, the money and the economy around gaming as a whole. We are spending a lot of time over the past couple of years as as marketers talking about purpose. And that narrative has not yet connected strongly enough with what's actually happening in the gaming community from a brand perspective, I feel. Interesting. That's a, so tell me what you mean by that, because that's an interesting thought. At the end of 2019, you know, we watched Dr. Lupo raise $2.3 million for St. Jude's mm. in a stream. Gamers are incredibly purpose-driven mm. because they are regular people. <laughs> they are they are everyone. They are yep. all of us. It goes back to Twitch. You're already one of us. Yep. People haven't noticed that enough from a brand perspective. And that's a huge opportunity to, when you're finding, you know, organic and native ways in, and maybe those words are overused, but yep. when you're finding ways onto the platform, sure. people had this incredible experience working on a campaign that had to do with women in gaming. Mm. And you know, I think a lot of us put together the campaign. We thought this is great. We're going to pick some female streamers. But this was a much greater identity play for the people that were actually participating in this campaign. And there was nuance that we needed to dive into. And I think a lot of us were nervous to have these conversations. But, you know, some of the streamers said, I don't want to be known as a as a female, female gamer. gamer. I want to be known as a gamer. Yeah. So I think the sort of identity narratives that are really important for brands these days that are trying to reach young people, the purpose-driven angle, that has yet to be, I think, fully cracked. We've definitely tested with a couple of partners, but I think that's a huge opportunity. You mentioned a couple of statistics at the open. Is there either an audience insight or a statistic or a metric that you find particularly amazing or remarkable? Yeah, I mean, the one that gets me every time is when... You look at our time spent, it is second to Hulu. Yeah. And they're there watching, you know, you're at you're on Hulu having an amazing experience watching a full episode, right? Yep. I also find it incredible that at any moment when you go onto the platform, onto Twitch, there are an average of 1.3 million people there yeah. at any given moment. And in any given minute, there are 30,000 chats, like people chatting yeah. with each other. And it's, it's amazing because that's exactly... That's the beating heart of Twitch, this community sort of flywheel, this idea that the streamers are out there, they're putting their content up, and then the audience is participating and they're actually part of the content because the streamer is interacting with them the entire time. It's sort of like how we used to dream back in the day about, you know, second 
screen viewing and <laughs> co-viewing. And I was part of all of those iterations yep. at Viacom. But this is what Twitch is. You are having a viewing experience with an amazing community. They're communicating with each other, with the streamer. Yep. Just the sheer volume and scale of this and just how much we're seeing from an engagement perspective. What brands are leveraging your platform the best? And what are some of the things that they're doing that, that work the best? Yeah. Well, I think we spend a lot of time talking about the complexity of Twitch, where mm. we should be talking about the simplicity of it. If you're an advertiser that wants to reach a young audience, you can come onto the platform, you can invest in video and test and mm -hmm. learn and see how it performs. So yep. that's that could be step one. And then I think what I've seen work really well is when you find that native way to participate in supporting streamers and supporting the community. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, I think a great example is we just did a campaign called September with Subway, where they actually gave subscriptions out. These are just native behaviors sure. and things that the community loves to do on Twitch. We also have a campaign right now that's rewarding people in the moment that they become a Twitch partner. Mm. And that's with Coca-Cola. So those are just two very topical yeah. and, and recent ways. But, you know, the way that they did it, it's like a win-win-win. They're mm. something for the streamers, something for the community. Their brand is is part of it. And it's sort of good for everybody. Yeah. Is there a way that you try to facilitate the connection between a brand and the streamers and creators themselves? So it, it, almost like a bit of a matchmaking. Like are there Yes. And, and how does exactly that, what it is, yeah. matchmaking. <laughs> the the dating app that you use to do that, <laughs> how, how does that work and how do you sort of work that through strategically with a brand? Yeah, like many things at Twitch, it's part technology and it's part humans yeah. doing the, the work. Uh, we have a great team that intimately understands our top streamers. And, you know, in order to work with brands, you got to be one of those top streamers. You got to mm. be an affiliate or a partner. And we know a lot about them. We spend a lot of time understanding them and getting them to that point. Yeah. Anyone can stream on Twitch. When you become an affiliate, that's when you start to dip your toes into the monetization yep. and potential of the platform. And then we're watching your schedule. We're watching your community grow. And then when we're ready to say this person is a partner, that's when most people quit their day jobs and Twitch becomes their full-time job. Yeah. By that point, we know a lot about them. Yeah. yeah. And it's another part of the industry that's becoming a bigger business. So we're working with agents, we're working with agencies, and I think the matchmaking is becoming a lot more sophisticated. Yeah, because, there's, I mean, it's talent. Yes. Um, and, you know, at some point in time, you get to a point where you require some talent management of some kind. Now, what, maybe it's the most reimagined version of that, mm -hmm. but it's still talent management. And that's fascinating to me because, you know, when you look at sort of these younger populations, I think there is a growing perception that that is an aspiration, right? There's, I aspire to be, you know, the quarterback of, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I aspire to be someone who can be an influencer. I aspire to be somebody who can support myself through content creation mm -hmm. and be a, a creator. And it's, that's to me, one of the more remarkable parts of the past 10 years in the web is that that is, it's real. It's real. Yeah, that's fascinating. All right, let's move it along. One quick question for you here before we jump to the next section. What's most top of mind for your creators at the moment? Like, do they have, what are their sort of top two or three priorities? This year at TwitchCon, we unveiled a lot of new tools. And one of the things I, I think people are really excited by is the moderation tools that we recently announced to the community. And this is another thing I find fascinating about the platform is that Twitch is a free platform, but people continue to support streamers by, you know, subscribing or 
giving them bits, which is our currency on on Twitch. And then part of that whole thing allows the streamer to, you know, deepen their relationships with the community and they bring on human moderators. So not only do we have technology moderating for yep. brand safety, we have humans and they're very protective. So there's a whole lot of new tools for them. For the streamers themselves, there's a lot more transparency. So like understanding more of the economics and what are the financial opportunities. So we've improved that experience for the streamers as well. And it all points us in the same direction that this is the opportunity, like the professionalization, the the business, sure. all of this is pointing in that direction. The hustle. The hustle. Yeah. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Sure. Brand mm-hmm. safety is a continuing journey. It is not, yes. you know, it's not like you do one thing and then it's done. Yes. Where are you guys in that journey and sort of what's next? Yeah. The biggest announcement that we made in the last few months for brand safety is that ads are only running with affiliates and partners. Mm. And by that point, we know you really well. You're making money on the platform. So we know who you are. It's not like anyone with a Gmail account could have a <laughs> have ads running against them. It's right. just not like that. No, that, that we, would be other platforms. We we <laughs> we have we have a relationship with you at this point. So that was a very, very big move. We yep. continue to improve moderation from a technology standpoint and the human moderation, all of those tools. Like it's great for the streamers great for the community from a safety and positive vibes standpoint, but it's really good for our advertisers. It's just new layers of of protection. Is there another platform that has a sort of level of synergy with yours? Are there, you know, communities in and around Reddit or that are sort of big drivers of engagement for you guys? Yeah, I I was going to say Reddit. There's some similarities for sure. And I think gamers are some some of the blood on, on Reddit for sure. Like there's a lot happening. You know, the idea of community, it's the same. I think in both. I don't mean this yeah. negatively. There is a density to both platforms in their usability. Is that a mm-hmm. fair statement? Sure. Do you find that that has either age or gender implications? Meaning, is the, is the usability of the platform an inhibitor at all to, i.e., older folks or women in particular? So women is our fastest growing demographic okay. on the platform, and particularly a passion point for me to see that happening. I think that streaming live for such a long period of time is a difficult job, right? So mm-hmm. the content creation on in a live environment and the skill and the and sort of like the talent that one must possess. I look at our top streamers and a lot of them are great gamers, no doubt. Yep. But some of them are not a top streamer because they're a great gamer. It's because they have an amazingly entertaining personality. I think as we see categories and sort of new creativity on our platform, we'll see the audience continue to grow and expand as it is. I was at a beauty event this summer and I was sitting next to this woman who said, I'm a celebrity facialist, but I just started streaming on this platform called Twitch. (laughs) So, I mean, that was a real (laughs) signal to me that here we are, you know? Celebrity beautiest? Facialist. Facialist. Yeah. Boy, I tell you, you can be anything, can't you? You can be (laughs) absolutely anything. Let's go to, you know, obviously we're here at CES, which for you must be a a significant thing, right? This is a a big show. What is most important about this show? I mean, you know, why do we keep coming to this thing? I know. I think it's something about the spirit of innovation. It has to be that, right? We, We have to be attaching ourselves to, you know, what it was originally intended for was to showcase you know, technology and, and innovation. Yep. That's so meaningful and such an important part of our industry. We have made it into something else. It's a time for us to be together. Yep. But, you know, I think I value the conversations that I have here. Sure. 
it's in January. It kicks your year off in a way where you're getting your act together and yep. at the end of the year for CES and it it just it keeps us moving forward as a as an industry. Yeah, it's funny. I think the timing is important. It's, the timing is awful, but it's also important. Yeah. And and what I mean by that is it, it, there is still time to impact what you're going to do mm-hmm. based on an idea or a conversation that you might have here. That's right. As opposed to, you know, just pick the can. Mm-hmm. It's more difficult to have a material conversation, you know, at the end of June and be able to get something up and running in some cases to impact the year, right? right. You, you just, you're kind of dealing with a much shorter runway. But here, you kind of have everything ahead of you. So you can sort of say, all right, maybe second quarter we can do something. That is an advantage, I think, to the timing, even though, you know, arriving here from the holidays is I know difficult. You go from saying, what day is it, to where is my next meeting? It's very difficult. Yeah, <laughs> and, and dry Jan is out the window. Out the window. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. What excites you most for this year? Is there is there a particular topical area in the industry that you're most interested or excited by? I'm a nerd at work. Like I love to see the growth that we're experiencing and I'm ex- most excited about helping this industry understand what Twitch is. And so working on our storytelling and our narrative, building our team, we're in a you know, where we're having a, a really big moment right now, it excites me so much, especially because I think after observing, when I first joined the company, observing, you know, the initial reaction from peers and from, you know, partners, you know, am I talking about people watching? Is this people watching other people <laughs> play video games? Yeah. Last night I had a, a partner say to me, but you know what? People watching people dot, 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 that's the internet. That's it's just an age old thing. Like yeah. that's that's been forever. That's sure. what television is too. Absolutely. So I'm excited about you know bringing us into the mainstream in that way. Yeah. The team that came before me, they've done an incredible job getting us to this moment, and now we're ready to take it to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's true. Look, if unboxing videos are a thing, mm-hmm. and they are a massive thing of anything, right? A lamp, a phone, then. To your point, anything is watchable. Anything that has people watching people do something right. is watchable. And we're seeing esports. Like, let's talk about that for a second. Sure. You know, Switch has 85% market share on esports. Yep. And when you think about what's happening in esports, whether it's, you know, the, it's in the incredible investment in teams and yeah. leagues, the games that come out, that plays a role. I mean, it's it's a really interesting ecosystem of how all of these things come together. But what I find fascinating is the fact that colleges are recognizing esports, and there are there are students that are on esports schedules now, mm-hmm. and there are scholarships for esports. Well, the Olympics, right? We're going to give it a trial run in, in right. Japan. That's right. That's right. It is remarkable, and you know, it's funny. My wife and I have, you know, kind of unique television watching habits, but mm-hmm. we've sort of stumbled into <laughs> watching seven or eight or ten minutes of a Tetris tournament the other night and I, I couldn't turn it off. I, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just was like, A, it was amazing that they were playing that fast. I mean, I, you know, look, everybody's played Tetris. So I was, it was much more relatable to me than, you know, reptiles running around mm-hmm. breathing fire. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated by the skill, stunned by the commentary because it was so, they were so excited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it just, it, it made me laugh. And again, I, I don't know whether it was on, you know, ESPN2 or whatever. It was yeah. on some sports channel. It's massive. And I, and I think, the opportunity for brands to get involved is huge. They just it's have huge. to be willing to start. I think what's 
cool is that the category, if you think about it from a category perspective, if you zoom, if you zoom out, a lot of fans of esports, there's space. There's yeah. space for brands right now because sure. they're not thinking like this is the soft drink of esports. This is the no. the QSR of esports yeah. that doesn't exist yet. Yeah, and it's we use the word organic all the time. It feels like there are opportunities to be more. Mm-hmm organic or integrated Mm -hmm. as opposed to sort of the synthetic nature of big time sports sponsorship. Right. Which I think is really interesting. All right. You've made it to the lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. The first question is what is your favorite digital experience? Not your own. It's SoulCycle. Soul Cycle app. Can't live without it. And all of the improvements are incredible. So getting to see sort of like my history, the instructors I go to much. I like, I never thought I would want the data from SoulCycle because that's not what it's about, but I'm loving the data. Have you been a spinning person for a while? Um, or yeah, was about, it SoulCycle about, that made you a Soul spin? Cycle. Okay. It was SoulCycle itself. Have you ever been on or near a Peloton? Yes, yes. And you prefer SoulCycle? Yes, I, I can yes. tell. I want to ride on the beat and that's SoulCycle. Okay. And I, I want to be around some candles and in the dark and with a community. <laughs> so it's funny, much as there are Coke and Pepsi people, mm-hmm. There are Peloton and SoulCycle people. That's um, very true. Yeah, I'm a Peloton person. You are? Yeah. yeah. Well, I and I I was never into cycling. It's not. In fact, I'm a runner by trade, and I only got to Peloton because I've gotten to the age where I can't run as much as I mm-hmm. I want to, and stay healthy. And so I got it, and I was like, oh, you know, I'll begrudgingly ride this damn thing, and it's been pretty amazing. I, I love mine. I yeah. absolutely love it. I it did not see that coming. Yeah. I, I literally was like. Eh. Um, I didn't see this coming either, but I'm almost on my 700th ride. Wow. Yeah. All-time favorite band or song? All right. So I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan. Okay. And my favorite Lady Gaga song is Gypsy. Really? Yes. It's actually a great Soul Cycle song too, if you think about it. I hear you. Best career advice ever given or received? Sure. Okay. So I received this many, many years ago from a incredible career coach named Melanie Katzman. She has a book out right now, which everyone should read. We were talking about, you know, I I think a lot of us type A's that work in media, we think about our mistakes a lot. We think Mm. about what happened before and, you know, you want to, you want to try to move past it. And she said to me once, and I've, I've shared this advice with so many friends and, you know, it's so simple. She said, every time you're looking in your rear view mirror, you're already, you've already driven past it. You could crash and it would be your own fault because you're looking, (laughs) you're looking back there. You got to keep moving forward. So I think that was great advice. It really helps, I think, center me around worrying about either a a mistake you made or a decision that you made. Did I make the right decision taking this job or going, or going here? The the advice I give to my team all the time is zoom out. You know, we're always in the weeds. We're thinking about like, you know, details, details about campaigns and about meetings and about what we're going to say, but also zoom out. Yeah. You know, you're a marketer. Think yeah. about, think about what are you trying to achieve? You know, zoom out, think about yeah. the business more broadly. That's great. I love that. It's funny. The word forward is shorthand with my kids. So when something happens or they get upset or there's a tough day or whatever, we'll send that word to each other. Yeah. And it's like, look, there's one direction in life and it is forward. That's right. That's right. That's great. That's great advice. Thing people should know about you, but they don't. I have an MFA in creative writing. Oh, really? Yeah. Were you an English major in college? English major, creative writing, double major. Yeah. Really? And when I was in my twenties, you know, I was adamant that I'm still going to do it, even though I'm working in ad sales, I'm still going to do it. So I went to the new school at night and got my MFA as just a way to be a part of that sort mm-hmm. of, it was, it was an academic pursuit, Sure, but you know, 
like anything in life, it gives you a lot of gifts. I, I was an English major as well. You were. I was. I knew I liked you. Um, yeah, exactly. And it is without a doubt the thing that has helped me the most was, you know, all of the papers that I wrote and all of the thinking I had to do around that writing uh, and the editing around that writing and then, you know, ripping stuff up and starting all over again. Those are the skills I use every single day. I could not agree more with that. The ability to create synthesis. Yeah. That comes from being an English major. Yeah, for sure. All right, real quickly, least favorite tech and media jargon. I think I said it earlier, this like, I think authentic, we're using it too much, you know, and I hear, well, you know, if I advertise insurance on Twitch, is is that authentic? (laughs) And you know what? Yes, because gamers are humans that need insurance. It's an important concept. It is. It is. But it, as with a lot of things in our industry, we do dumb things with the concept, right? Mm -hmm. Just our application of the concept is not always the right idea. Right. You know, you could say that about a lot of things, but I think that example is a great one. Like this idea that somehow, you know, insurance or financial services, credit cards or, you know, whatever else is somehow inappropriate to, you know, people who drive cars and, you know, want to own a house or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. (laughs) But those are the questions we ask. That's right. Right. Oh, will they give us a hard time because it's insurance? Probably not. You have been absolutely delightful. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a fun time. And good luck with the rest of CES. You too. Uh, When are you flying home? Thursday night. Yeah. Take the pool story with you. And if you're out there and you fell into the pool, (laughs) you were strong. It is. And you handled yourself very well. It is a cautionary tale. It's a warning to us all. I think the pool story will go forward from this moment <laughs> to our billions and billions of <laughs> listeners as, as something that can really help change the, the, yeah. the world. Do not text and walk. Period. <laughs> Period. Thanks so much. Thank you. So that's been another episode of The Human Element. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your pods. And if you feel so motivated, subscribe or give us a like, and we'll be back out to you real soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.